Hello and welcome to the Feck It Fun, Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. I'm Helly and I'm here to provide regular bursts of information and inspiration, some neuroscience applicable to eating disorder recovery, perhaps a few rants, but otherwise lots of positivity with a bit of a Feck It attitude, some fun and a sprinkling of fabulousness to help everyone find freedom in recovery. Good evening or good morning, good afternoon for whatever time of day it is, wherever you are in the world and whatever time of day you're listening. I'm Helly, I'm an eating disorder recovery coach and welcome to the Feck It Fun, Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to talk a bit more about exercise and compulsive movement with an eating disorder and in recovery. And if you haven't listened already to my earlier episodes on this topic, you might want to do so. So I've already made an episode about what compulsive exercise and compulsive movement is for people with eating disorders and an episode on some tips around how to overcome and address compulsive exercise and movement, how to learn to rest in recovery. So you'll find those episodes on the series a bit further back. But this episode is about how to understand or how to become aware of whether the exercise and movement that's going on in your life is actually still compulsive. Because for many people, compulsive movement or exercise is a key part of their eating disorder. And I can confirm very firsthand that it's a miserable and a very cruel thing to live with. Because if you feel compelled to keep moving your body no matter what and when not doing so feels so overwhelmingly wrong and really terrifying, it makes the movement side of overcoming an eating disorder really, really hard to break. And I know for me, the movement side of my eating disorder recovery was something that I wasn't sure I would ever really overcome because it was so strong. And even though there were spells in treatment when I could eat more and gain weight, the exercise compulsions never even came close to being addressed when I was in those inpatient units. But happily, I can report that even a very incredibly strong movement or exercise compulsion can be beaten down, but it does take perseverance, eating a lot of food, and sitting or sobbing through some very terrifying moments of, in my case, true panic. I actually had my first ever panic attack when I was trying to overcome the compulsive movement in recovery, but also complete brain fog, despair, and those really strong feelings of guilt and grief. But if you can sit through all that, if you can keep going with breaking your exercise and movement compulsions despite all those really unpleasant experiences that it might entail, you can come out the other side. Because as you do get through those really difficult moments and resist the urge to go for that walk or run or just go upstairs again just for the sake of it, the urges will start to subside as your brain learns that it doesn't need to keep moving to find food or seek safety as you have food and you have safety right where you are. 
But one thing with the sneaky movement side of the eating disorder is our brains get really, really good at convincing us that the movement or exercise we are choosing to engage in is not because we're feeling compelled to do it, but because it's normal or healthy. And we're not going for that walk because of the eating disorder, but we're going for that walk because we want to and we need fresh air and we feel better when we do it. And you're gonna get all these thoughts. You're gonna get your brain absolutely 110% convincing you that the movement you're engaging in is nothing to do with the eating disorder. It will be so convincing of that. So then how do you know, particularly as you move forward in your recovery, if the movement or exercise you're doing is normal and genuinely okay, or if it's actually disordered and very much going to keep you sick and perpetuate those eating disordered brain pathways? And this was a question that I had to find the answer to in my recovery. Was the walk to the shops or the lower level movement I was engaging in, especially with now being a healthy, in inverted commas, weight, was it actually still compulsive or was it really okay now? It's really hard sometimes, especially later on in recovery, to really break it down as to, is this still compulsive? or is this okay? So to answer this, I came up with some indicators of when the movement or exercise was still eating disorder driven, and so shouldn't be engaged in, and what might tell me that I was safe to let my body move a little bit more freely again. So I decided that no matter what weight I had become, exercise and movement was clearly still eating disorder driven, when the points I'm going to talk about still applied, even the tiniest bit. And so I thought I'd share these points with you so that, you know, if you find it helpful, you might be able to apply it to your recovery as well. So for me, I decided that the movement or exercise was very likely still compulsive and therefore disordered when there was guilt about not doing it. If there's any guilt involved about not moving your body then it's very, very likely to still be part of the eating disorder. Also, if agitation or anxiety starts to stir when you're not able to exercise or stand or move, then it's very likely you still have an issue with compulsive exercise. If you still have an association in your brain between movement and how much you are then allowed to eat, then you're definitely not there yet in terms of recovery you still need to keep resting until you've detached that link in your brain between food and movement and using one to compensate for the other. If there remains a desire to move and exercise for the purposes of body shape and weight manipulation, then I'm sorry, but that's still too disordered. It's still too unsafe to keep going down that road. It's a road that's likely to take you back to the depths of the eating disorder. One good question to ask yourself if you're not sure whether the movement you want to engage in is compulsive or not, is ask yourself the question, if it was guaranteed I wouldn't gain weight if I didn't exercise right now, would I still do it? And if you're really honest with yourself and you decide actually no, I wouldn't, engage in exercise or movement at this moment in time, 
if it was guaranteed I didn't gain weight from sitting and resting, then you know that the only thing you've got to do is sit and rest in that moment. If your ongoing compulsion to exercise or move interferes with your ability to socialize or have normal relationships or partake in other activities or have a job or pursuits or travel that involves being sedentary, then you definitely still have compulsive exercise issues that need to be addressed and it's not safe to start engaging in any form of movement or exercise yet. Likewise, if there's rigidity in the what, when, how much of the movement or exercise you do in a day. So, for example, if you're still obsessed over steps or laps or logging exercise, or if you have rules about when in the day or the week you have to be moving, or if you have set times that you're allowed to sit down, then you definitely still have issues with compulsive movement definitely still need to work at overcoming those compulsions before you even begin to think about going for a walk just because you're now recovered enough. If you can't stop the exercise even when you're sick or injured then you still have issues because just for your information exercising with flu or an injury is not normal, it's not healthy and it's definitely not fun. I should know, I did it, and it's definitely not something that a person with a rational brain and a healthy relationship with movement and exercise would ever do. If people are commenting on how much exercise you do, and oh, aren't you good for going out for those walks and moving and going running, and that praise or those comments also give you a sense of pleasure and feelings of martyrdom about it, then you're very likely still doing far too much exercise. So it's very likely still compulsive. You definitely still need to address it. If your urges to move occupies your thoughts and distracts you from conversations, from work, from reading or other things because you're just too busy focusing on when you can exercise or move next, or you're feeling anxious and agitated about it, then that definitely signifies a ongoing compulsion with movement. And I think this one is probably pretty obvious, but if you really, really don't want to do the movement at times, but you just feel that you have to do it no matter what, and you can't stop yourself from pulling on those shoes, even though it's making you entirely miserable, then that's a clear indication that you still have a very strong compulsion there. And if you will take up any opportunity to move your body in a small way, even if you can't move it in a big way, then again it shows you've still got compulsive movement, even compulsive lower level movement. And here I'm talking about if you have to be sitting down, then you find yourself swinging your foot or your leg or twitching your muscles or clenching. So basically, if you just find it really, really hard to be still, then that indicates you've still got that lower level movement that's still very compulsive. So really, when any, some or all of these points that I've just talked about apply, then it's really very, very likely that the movement that you have is still compulsive and the way to address it is to stop it until you are 110% sure 
that none of these markers of ongoing exercise compulsion feature in your life, even one iota any longer. Because it's not normal to have a level of fixation on movement to the point that it interferes with the rest of your life or creates anxiety or agitation. And as I said at the beginning, it's fucking miserable to live like that. And with this part of recovery, as with all the other parts of recovery, the only way out is through. So stopping the movement and forcing yourself to not do it will be an up and down process and some battles you'll win and some you'll lose. But each time you don't put those shoes on and head out the door or each time you sit instead of standing and you eat cookies on the sofa instead of doing any other movement, your brain will be recognising that it's safe just where it is and it will start to recognise that there's no need to keep running and moving to escape the danger that it mistakenly senses. And I also want to really point out again that the weight or shape you are now when trying to overcome a movement compulsion is irrelevant. It doesn't matter if you are underweight, normal weight or overweight by BMI chart. This is about mental and physical healing and body size says little about either. So the size of your body does not tell you about the internal damage you might have as a result of the eating disorder, that your body still needs time, rest and nourishment to heal. And mentally you need to overcome this no matter what, which means that as with any other compulsion or addiction, stopping it for long enough that your brain can fully rewire to learn that resting is not a threat to your life is really, really crucial. So when you can put your hand on your heart and say that the signs that I've just talked about of your relationship with movement and exercise no longer apply at all, which if coming from years of compulsive exercise might take a long time, but when none of those signs apply to you at all, then finally you might be able to start to have a more normal relationship with movement again. And that day will come. If you keep going with breaking all your compulsions, that day when you can have a normal relationship with movement, it will come. I promise you that. So I hope that's given you something to think about again. Keep going with your recovery. Keep resting. Keep eating a lot of food. It's the only way to get through this, and you can get through this. I'm Heli, and I'll speak to you again very soon. Thank you for listening to the Feck It Fun Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. Don't forget, eating disorder recovery doesn't have to be boring and doesn't have to be serious. Now go and grab yourself some food and have a fabulous rest of the day.